Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino interview show on the weekend. I'm uh, ecstatic, excited. I've been about all our interviews, but this one I'm really looking forward to. Now, as you know, I record these pre and post to the show after the interview so I can tell you what's coming or give you an idea what's ahead. This interview is going to blow your mind with former New York City mayor and personal attorney to the president, Rudy Giuliani. We cover a bunch of material on here. Some of it, I promise you, is going to open your eyes. Some of the answers even surprised me. They are explosive. We address everything from the beginning, so a personal story about uh, me and the mayor, uh, to his time in New York cleaning up the city and his war on crime and how specifically it worked. But then we get into spy where he has some very interesting thoughts on that in the IG report. And then, ladies and gentlemen, the coup de grace, the mayors um, are back and forth on Ukraine. The activities of Joe Biden, what he calls the Biden crime family in here, um, are just going to really uh, bake your bagels. Don't go anywhere for that. And at the end of the show, don't forget, I always am going to tell you, you're, you're going to love next week's interview too. At the end of the show, stay tuned. I want to tell you who next week's interview is going to be. You're going to love this one too. So don't go anywhere at the end of the show. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Policy Genius. It's January 2020. The year 2020 shows up a lot in science fiction. A lot of people predicted that by now we'd be teleporting to work or living on Mars. And those predictions, of course, were wrong. The truth is, we'll always get the future wrong which is why you need to get life insurance right. That's where Policy Genius can help. Policy Genius makes finding the right life insurance a breeze. In minutes, you can compare quotes from the top insurers to find your best price. You could save $1,500 or more a year by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. Policy Genius. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape for you. Policy Genius doesn't just make life insurance easy. They can help you with the right home, auto insurance, or disability insurance too. So if you're science fiction, and dreams for 2020 still haven't become science fact. Don't get discouraged. Get life insurance. It takes just a few minutes to find your best price and apply at policygenius.com. Policygenius.com. Policygenius.com will always get the future wrong. Better get life insurance right. All right. Today's show also brought to you by our good friends at Zip Recruiter. We use Zip Recruiter here at Bongino Inc. We needed Zip Recruiter because we had a really tough time finding qualified people. No longer, thanks to Zip Recruiter, it's a new year. It's the perfect opportunity to take your business to the next level by hiring the right people. But finding qualified candidates can be challenging. We had a tough time. ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino makes it easy for you. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. No leafing through piles of useless resumes. Now you get the right people at the right time. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employees who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino. Stop leafing through resumes that are not a good fit for your job. Listen, they're all great people. We get it. But you want the people suited to your job with the right skills. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. This is a great interview with Rudy Giuliani.
I'm very excited, as I know most of you in the audience are, based on your emails and social media feedback about this interview with the former mayor of New York City and the personal attorney to the president, Mr. Rudolph Giuliani. Uh, mayor, Mr. Mayor, thank you very much for joining us. I deeply appreciate it. I'm really looking forward to this. <laughs> well, I look forward to it, too. Well, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Uh, just a quick personal note. We met a long time ago when I was a police recruit, and you were the mayor of New York City. And I'll never forget, you walked into one police plaza, and the sergeant, who we were just in our gray uniform, said, everybody get up and snap to attention. The mayor's here. And that was the first time. Maybe I met you. You didn't meet me, but it was a great moment. You did a great <laughs> job. You cleaned up the city, and I talk well, about it all the time on Fox whenever I get the opportunity. And I, I very much admire your service to our country and particularly what you've been doing the last couple of years. You've been very courageous. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Um, before we get into the news of the day and Ukraine and, and Spygate, what I wanted to talk to you about, I just wanted to briefly ask you about this. Given the downturn, sadly, we've seen in New York City since the Giuliani uh, era has ended, we've seen a backtracking on many of the policies you stuck by. One of them I've addressed often on Fox and Friends was your commitment to broken windows policing. The idea that when you let the nuisance crimes go, the committers of nuisance crimes are the people who go on and break into houses and commit assaults and other serious crimes later. You committed to that. You, your, your results in New York City, uh, Mr. Mayor, were, were dramatic. I mean, for anyone who lived through it, it was a different city when you were done. Uh, your thoughts on this now backtracking into, oh, you know, let everybody jump the turnstile and do whatever they want kind of an attitude. This has to rip your heart out. It does. It breaks my heart, actually, Dan. It has this for some time now. Uh, I mean, th there's no dispute about the broken windows theory. It's not a Republican theory, Democratic theory. It li literally comes from two Harvard law professors, Wilson and Kelling. It goes back to the 80s. And it's simple as heck. It's just what you said. You know, you can't let people start breaking the law, start breaking the law in small ways. Let them get away with it. It creates a bad example. It creates a bad neighborhood. So let, let's talk about this stupid, idiotic thing that he's doing with no bail. No, no. One of the problems I faced, and you know this from the streets, when I was a U.S. attorney, I came in as U.S. attorney and was selling drugs all over the Lower East Side. Yeah. Every drug dealer would get caught. Four hours later, the drug dealer was back selling drugs again. Yep. First of all, every kid on the block figured this is a great way to make a living, right? Yeah. You make a fortune. You make a fortune four or five weeks in a row, you get a, you get a four-hour little drive downtown, and you come back. They, also were also, they were also convinced the cops were getting paid off. How could this happen? That you'd only be gone for four hours. Yeah. So we started Federal Day. I did that under Koch when I was U.S. Attorney. And we turned around drugs within three weeks in the Lower East Side. Wow. Except they escaped, they escaped up to, uh, up to uh, Washington Heights. So when I became mayor with Bratton, we did a comprehensive program. We set up CompStat. We did it scientifically. We measured it. And the broken windows theory was part of it. So if you, if you got caught at a turnstile, we fingerprinted you. Yeah. We, we put you in overnight. Number one, it stops people from doing it. And number two, half of them have records. The first thing that happened when we started doing that is uh, Bratton came into my office. He said, you know, the first three weeks, we cleared 400 warrants. Wow. Just by catching those guys, <laughs> we had 400 warrants that range from, you know, not paying child support to murder. Right? right. And then we had a serial killer. This guy killed somebody in lower Manhattan. Then he killed somebody in Midtown. 
And then he tried to kill someone on the east side by the river. The woman fought him off, and we got a fingerprint. We matched the fingerprint to a guy who had jumped a turn four weeks before. Amazing. If we hadn't caught that guy, that would have been another son of Sam. You know what's astonishing, though, Mr. Mayor, that nobody thought of this before you guys. I mean, the idea, when you say CompStat for the audience, if you're unfamiliar, that was an abbreviation for computer statistical modeling. And and I remember being a police officer and and, and again, a mayor, the, the, the police commanders who were, were good, but they weren't used to that. And I'll never forget sitting in Patrol Borough, Queens North, <laughs> and, and everybody was in a panic because they had to go to a CompStat meeting and nobody had ever I been know. called on the carpet when people put up the laser pointer and said, hey, we looked at the computer, uh, the computer data and there's been four robberies on this corner. What are you doing? The commanders of the precincts would be sweating bullets because they'd never been questioned about you know, any of this before. Th- th- that was the product of of uh, Jack Maple. That's right. Who was Bratton's assistant in transit. He used to keep records, you know, detailed records of all the transit arrests. But of course, you couldn't do that with 77 precincts. And I used to be in charge of the FBI crime statistics in the Reagan administration. And it used to drive me crazy, Dan, that we were putting out the crime statistics six months after it was over. (laughs) I used to say to myself, too bad these couldn't be used like in a business. See how you're doing in the middle of the year and correct it. So we sat down and talked about it. We didn't even we didn't, we didn't even really know what a computer was at the time. Yeah. And one of the cops said, we could put this in a computer. And Jack actually said, if you put it in a computer, I'll send my guys around to the 77 precincts to pick it up. And the police officer said, you don't have to do that. We can transmit it by tele- telephone. And we all started laughing. I get, want to give you an idea of how, how long time ago it was. And this system, I would say, there are five things that are responsible for reduction in crime. But this system, I started it. Bloomberg used it effectively. By the time both of us were finished, crime was down over 80%. I remember. 80%. Oh, the city was a remarkably different. And I'm not sure the general public understands what a sea change in policing that was. You know, I know, unfortunately, um, given the the sad political nature of just about everything these days, you wouldn't think fighting crime would turn into a partisan issue. Um, it's just sad that people, given the again the political environment, have insisted on attacking you and have forgotten really what you did in New York became a model all over the country. But uh, I just want to get that because it's just people forget that you were involved. Uh, I wanted to get your reaction given the what happened in the current events yesterday. President of the United States thankfully making another strong move, showing he's not one to be tussled Great with. Move. But given your history, obviously with 9-11, what you're known for, your incredible response post 9-11, um, heroic leadership as a mayor of New York. This the killing of Soleimani is just a transformative moment in foreign and frankly in domestic policy too, fighting terrorism. And it's just incredible that the Democrats can't seem to just celebrate what is an unabashedly good moment for the United States. You know, I'm not, I, I, I try to avoid uh, attacking anyone based on lack of patriotism or and I'm not going to do that. But if you can't see the, 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 the destruction of this man as something like the destruction of bin Laden, uh, I mean, he was, I have a personal issue with him beyond the fact that he killed many of our soldiers. He also executed many of the Iranian refugees that I work with, uh, and and 3,000 of whom I got out of Iraq into Albania because they were being killed by Soleimani. These were people, these were people who were against the regime. They had taken refuge in Iraq. When we were there, 
We protected them. The U.S. Army did. When we left, because feckless Joe Biden couldn't, uh, couldn't uh, do a status of forces agreement, we stupidly pulled all our troops out. And these people were like sitting ducks. Soleimani would go in every three or four weeks and kill two, three, four, five of them. The man is a monster. Yeah. He's a living, now dead monster. And, uh, and these people have impact. They're bigger than life. They're particularly to these deranged terrorists. You lose somebody like this, he can't be replaced right away. You know, if, 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 if uh, Hitler had been taken out in the first couple of years, I wonder if anybody else could have put together Nazi Germany. You know? Yeah, it, it speaks Sometimes to the, there, the, there, there are people that are one of a kind for goodness, but people that are one of a kind for evil. Yeah. The operational knowledge contained in his head uh, was devastating and would unquestionably have led to the deaths of uh, of thousands, if not tens of thousands or more people. I, I wanted to get your reaction. I knew it would. Uh, uh, yeah. And, you know, as, as the Iranian government in the next couple of years, and it may be closer than we is going to have to make it make it make it a, a decision about what they do about the protests. Yeah, because the protests, although it's not covered by a corrupt press. The protests there are getting worse and worse. I have very good source in Albania for that information because of the of the uh, of the dissident groups that I work with. And the protests are getting worse and worse. The killings on the streets are getting worse and worse. And the protests are start starting to now involve the middle class people. Taxi drivers have gone on strike. Teachers have gone on strike. Uh, There's going to be big uprisings. The question is going to be. Are they going to turn to the streets and kill their own people in mass numbers or not? The Shah wouldn't do that. Yeah. I mean, one of the reasons the Shah fled, he had the choice. The Shah could have turned around, used the army that was still loyal to go kill his own citizens. Yeah. And however bad he was, he decided not to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. With these maniacs, and, when, and maybe not having a guy like Soleimani around, maybe we increase the odds that they'll come to their senses. I'm, I don't want to you know, give any false hope. Well, that regime is going to fall down. Yeah, it's not going to. That's not going to remain. Well, we've seen it all over the world. The Soviet Union, Ceausescu. Uh, you can only suppress the the urge for human freedom for so long. Um, um, and yeah, I, I think their days are numbered too. Uh, moving on to the IG report, we saw the IG report came out. Uh, just an explosive report. Again, sadly played down by a lot of the anti-Trump crowd out there that. Uh, for some reason, seems to be on the side of uh, a newfound police state, which I find bizarre. Uh, but with the release of the IG report, it's clear as day now that the president of the United States' campaign was spied on. Again, contrary to the media talking points, it's laid out very clearly. Uh, you know, I'm not going to play the euphemism game. Was it a spy, a confidential human informant, a confidential human? It was a spy. I mean, let's just talk in plain English like uh, Attorney General Barr. Uh, and, and the predicate here was clearly a dossier, an opposition political research that was all now we know for a fact to be nonsense. Do you think there's going to be, as the president's attorney, on a personal attorney, is there going to be any accountability for him? I mean, the president's rights, he's still a citizen, Mr. Mayor. His, his rights were clearly well, violated. I, mean, I, I, uh, you know, I, I thought the IG's report was very, very good, uh, but it didn't, I mean, it, I, don't, I don't think he had the, well, he, I don't think he came to exactly the right conclusions. I do not understand how you can engage in that kind of conduct and not have the intent to harm the election, not have demonstrated prejudice and bias. I mean, how, how do we demonstrate prejudice and bias? 
We demonstrate it by what we say and what we do. (laughs) Exactly. What they were saying is we hate Trump. We want to destroy Trump. We want to prevent him from being president. If he becomes president, we want to take him out as as president. They lied. They cheated. If you read the Steele dossier, I bet the first time you read it, Dan, after three pages, you started to laugh. This was not (laughs) written by a intelligence professional. Right. It wasn't even written by the National Enquirer. It was so bad. <laughs> right. It's a piece of co- complete garbage. Yeah. You know, I did. I, I helped to start the FISA court with, believe it or not, Joe DeGeneva. Wow. And I probably read some of the original FISA warrants when we were in the Cold War. Mm. And we took this thing almost like monks, like the sacred duty. Because unlike the other warrants we would get, like on the mafia or white collar criminals, sure that got challenged by defense lawyers, nobody was ever going to challenge this. And we could just come right into your bedroom and, and photograph you, take away all your privacy, basically take off all your clothes. And we treated it, you know, everything had to be checked out. Everything had to be corroborated. When he said it wasn't verified, when Comey said that, my first reaction, Comey worked for me, was, hey, jackass, it wasn't verified because you didn't verify it. Right. There were facts to verify right on the face of it. There's a, a specific date that Cohen was supposed to be in Prague. That's if right. that were me, I would have pulled that date right out. I said, hey, guys, we got something to verify. Then they claimed there was another transaction at the consulate in Miami. Oh, boy, we got another one to verify. Well, if they had verified either one of those, they would have found out there's no consulate in Miami. And Cohen's never been in Prague. Even the State Department figured so that out. Say, Kathleen Kavalik knew there was no consulate in Miami. She wasn't even an investigator. She wrote in her notes, no consulate in Miami. This wasn't complicated to show that this thing was totally I don't bunk. know what has happened. I don't know what has happened to the concept of reckless disregard for the truth yeah. as proof of intent. I used it a lot as a prosecutor. They use it a lot on white-collar criminals. They got a lot of business people in jail for rather tenuous knowledge. I mean, Comey knew exactly what he was doing, and he lied, and he perjured himself, and it would be a shame if he got away with it. Yeah. The guy is a slimeball liar. Oh, the worst. No, I, I agree. Him and Brennan, I, I always uh, go back and forth. Who was the worst uh, operator in this case? Um, some of the, inf- and the, and the Yeah, other, sorry, go ahead. The other point that wasn't made by, by Horowitz is, you know, we should actually expect a little bit more verification when we're dealing with a presidential candidate. I mean, this is a very serious thing you're doing, right? investigating a presidential candidate. I mean, they want to impeach President Trump for this ridiculous conversation with Zelensky, which they say is going to affect the 2020 election, which is ridiculous. It had nothing to do with the 2020 election. That investigation was intended to affect the 2020 election. They leaked the black ledger in August of 2016, and I have a two witnesses who say the guy who leaked it said, we're going to now destroy him. You know, they thought they were going to take him out before. The, they thought when they uh, uh, put out the ledger of Manafort getting the bribe, yeah. that, that was going to end Trump's campaign. Because, I mean, there were many things they thought would end Trump's campaign, and he proved to be very resilient. You're talking about the Ukrainians that leaked that, to be clear, right? Because that's where I was going to go next. The the Ukrainians, first of all, 
The Ukrainians didn't do it on their own. Right. The Ukrainians were asked to do that, Dan. Yeah. They were asked to do that by members of Obama's staff right. and a member of Biden's staff. It was done in the White House, specific date in January. There are two witnesses to that. Wow. There's a, another witness who met with Shalupa, who works for the Democratic National Committee. And she told this uh, Ukrainian official, get me all the dirt you can get me on Trump, Trump Jr., and on Manafort. She said, I'm getting plenty and I'm turning it over to Isakov. We have a we have a text in her own writing on May 3rd of 2016, explaining to her boss, the comms director of the DNC, that she's getting Ukrainian dirt and turning it over to The New York Times. And she predicts that the black ledger is going to show up at the end of the month. This is like I, I could have given this case to a first year prosecutor in the U.S. attorney's office and they come back with convictions on every count. I mean, isn't this the very definition, Mr. Mayor, of foreign collusion? Operatives who had worked with the DNC in coordination with the prior presidential administration, working with representatives of a foreign yeah, government and, and asking them to impact the election? I mean, what, I, I don't, what am I missing here? This sounds like foreign collusion. Uh, what, what you're missing is, what you're missing is a, a press that has corrupted things so badly that our law enforcement systems at the very top are afraid of being criticized, Dan. They're afraid if they take on this Biden case, they're going to be criticized. Biden's bribery case is as clear as the nose on your face. I've prosecuted many bribery cases. It's hard for me to think of one with stronger evidence. You got a confession. You got four witnesses. You got documents. You've got money laundering up the you know what that you can trace in a minute. I mean, I swear to God, I could prosecute this with my eyes closed. Well, uh, this is an overwhelming case that this whole scheme was put put together by Zloshevsky, who thought he was going to lose his company because he's a big crook. He stole five billion dollars. He hears that Biden's going to be the point man for for Ukraine. Biden's going to give out all the money. He's going to be more powerful than the president. He hires Biden, not Biden's son. He hires Joe to protect him, to protect his business. And when it has to be protected, Joe comes across. That is exactly what happened. Now, Zlachevsky is running Burisma. You want to look at something similar? Look up the word Joe Biden point man, and then just do a little column. How much money did the Biden family make every time he was a point man? In Ukraine, they made $8 million, and it may get up to $15 million when they're finished. In China, James Biden, who never built a house in his life, was put into a $1.5 billion housing deal in Iraq wow. when Joe became the point man. And he got $500 million of that. And in China, the kid who got tossed out of the military for failing drug tests and bankrupted a company became partners with the Bank of China when Joe blew his negotiations with China. The constant fear are Joe becomes point man. Joe fails in his mission for the U.S., Right. Iraq, he can't get a status of forces agreement. Ukraine, he can't do a damn thing about corruption except contribute to it. And China, he can't get rid of the Chinese and the Sakhalin Islands or get the tariffs reduced. But in each case, the family, the Biden, I would call it crime family, made millions and millions of dollars. To me, it's a racketeering, a, a RICO case. 
Now, Mr. Mayor, th- these stories, some of them were covered before Joe Biden was running for president. Now, granted, with uh, a slant, obviously, towards protecting him. But I had I've been covering I have a different source from a long time ago that had been pushing stuff to me on Ukraine, um, suggesting how awful it really was. And the source was accurate. But the Washington Post and Politico had previously covered the two separate incidents we're talking about. We're talking about, I know they're related, (laughs) but Politico had wrote extensively about Ukrainian involvement interfering in the 2016 election. Um, Ken Vogel's now infamous story. And the Washington Post had written about this suspicious trip Biden makes to Ukraine in 2014. And Mr. Mayor, uncoincidentally, just a couple weeks later, his son gets this lucrative gig over in Ukraine with Slachevsky's company, Burisma. Now the media has turned that around and is attacking you for saying what they already reported on in the past. The irony is thick. It is. It is. Um, it's an unbelievable, horrible comment on our times that this kind of thing can happen. I, you know, Dan, I was sitting here in my office where I am right now when my pal Bart Schwartz brought this to me. Yeah. And I've made contact again with my original source who had been anonymous. And I think he's now willing to come forward on his own. But when he sat here and he told me the story about collusion in Ukraine, which is the way it was first presented to me, this is a year and a half ago. Yeah. And he mentioned Biden and he showed me the tape of Biden bragging about the bribe. Yeah. I said, oh, my God, too bad he's involved. This would be a nice, easy case. But they're going to do so much to protect this guy. They're going to try to kill us. Well, sadly, you were right. I just had an instinct. I, I just had an instinct that these people, when it's a Hillary or a Biden or look, they've been protecting Joe for 30 or 40 years. When you write the story of Joe Biden, you're going to see that back in 1973, the brother got a sweetheart loan when he gets elected to the Senate. And Joe has to go get him out of it. Then you're going to see the, all of the shenanigans with that MSBN bank, where Joe, the great liberal Democrat, wants to tighten up the laws on bankruptcy. <laughs> so it's harder to become bankrupt because the son had a no-show job for the bank. And then you're going to see they're, they're putting together a private equity fund with Joe, uh, with the brother and the son saying, Joe's going to get all the business for us. And that goes under. And each time this happens, Joe has the same answer. It goes back 30 years. Oh, I don't know my family's business. I don't, I don't talk to my family about China. I don't you know. He came to China with me, but I didn't know he got $1.5 billion. Oh, Oh, uh, he went to Ukraine. Oh, sure, he was in Ukraine, but I had no idea he was involved in the most corrupt, notorious company in Ukraine. Everybody else in Ukraine did, but I, I was just the point man. I didn't know that. And, gee, I didn't know my, my brother. My brother got half, half a billion? For, uh, for, uh, for housing in Iraq. Gee, I never asked my family business. This is starting to sound like Kate Corleone, you know? I mean, it's bizarre. He, he, listen, uh, Joe, it requires one of two things, uh, Mr. Mayor. Number one, it requires Joe Biden to be really intellectually inept, which I don't believe. Or number two, of course he knew what was going on. I mean, those are the, there's no option C here, unfortunately. Uh, exit question. I, I've taken up a lot of your time, but this is an important one. Um, what, I'm just going to leave it open-ended. What exactly was Marie Yovanovitch, our former ambassador to Ukraine, up to over there? And let me just say, let me preface this by saying, this is a little personal to me because I appeared on this, um, whatever you want to call it, I don't want to be overly dramatic, but watch list or keep an eye on these people list that apparently was being run by some people in Ukraine who were concerned about my commentary when I, like you, was trying to expose the malfeasance in Ukraine. What was uh, Ambassador Yovanovitch up to over there? 
Well, she was, uh, she was put in under Obama, put in on the recommendation of George Soros, just like a lot of them were. Soros had deep hooks into that embassy, including George Kent. Uh, she basically ran it as an outpost of the Democratic National Committee. During the election, the joke in the Ukraine was that it was a Hillary for Clinton campaign office. And uh, it was her embassy that was deeply involved in gathering the dirt and passing it along to the Democratic National Committee, including the alleged black uh, ledger, which turns out, by the way, to be a fraud, a proven fraud. It's not only evidence that was passed on, it was fraudulent evidence. Uh, She also prevailed upon the new prosecutor, the Biden selected prosecutor, to dismiss the case on Soros's NGO that was involved in gathering the collusive material. And the primary actor, a man named Lashenko, who's the one who publicized the black ledger to try to hurt Trump. She got that case dismissed. Uh, So she interfered and corrupted the prosecutor's office. And then she kept denying uh, visas to all these witnesses, including Mr. Shokin, who wanted to come to the United States and give this information to the U.S. Attorney's Office, to the Justice Department. They didn't trust the FBI because they believed that the FBI agent, an FBI agent named Greenway, who is now working for Soros, by the way, uh, that she was corrupt. They believed that she was corrupt, so they wouldn't deal with her. They finally hired a lawyer, Dan, and the lawyer of the Southern District and presented these facts, and they ignored him. Wow. They ignored him. Because, you know, what collusion in, 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 in Ukraine that hurt the Trump campaign just didn't kind of fit the script. Imagine if you started investigating that. The New York Times might have turned on you, right? Oh, I mean, listen. To, these, guys, yeah. these guys in these prosecutors' offices, yeah. I don't know. I think they think more about are they going to be criticized by the press I used to feel pretty good when I had to do a controversial case and I knew I was right. Yeah. I used to feel good about myself. Yeah. I, I just, I find it bizarre that she, Marie Ivanovich has been uh, beatified by the press and no one's even mildly no, concerned about the legions of evidence here. Prosecuted. Peter, Peter Strzok should have been prosecuted a year, a year ago. Yeah. Bruce Orr, Nellie Orr, conflict of interest, Biden, bribery in bright lights, extortion, that's in right. three different countries. Yeah. Uh, I mean, these are not these are not little subtle kind of like legal puzzles you got to put together. This is like first year criminal law. <laughs> yeah, I know it's slamming them right in the face and they're completely ignoring it. But thanks to voices like yourself, Mr. Mayor, we're uh, finally starting to get the story out there. I can always tell when you're on to the target when I read media headlines attacking you. That says to me I need to pay extra. I, I need to pay extra close attention to your Twitter feed because you're I know, over I'm the target. I'm a crazy nut. I'm a nut. Yeah, they, I, well, I'm crazy. They, yeah, they, that's what they say, but we know that's not true. We know you're absolutely over the target. Um, again, Mr. Mayor, thank you for your time. I sincerely appreciate it. And, and, and more importantly, thank you uh, to your service to this country. I was in New York uh, when you're you. just your heroic leadership. It was really something to behold. And uh, it's really an honor to talk to you on the show. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. We'll talk to you soon. Thank Take you. Care. Well, that was an explosive interview. Did you hear all that about Marie Ivanovich, what happened in Ukraine, the Bidens? His take on Spygate, that was uh, really one of the most fascinating interviews I've done, whether my time in talk radio here um, on Fox or elsewhere. I want to thank the mayor for coming on. Folks, listen to that one again. That information about Biden, there's stuff in there I had not heard before. 
I'm really, really happy to have gotten that information out there to you. Uh, the mayor has been fighting a good fight for a long time. I have an announcement coming up about our guests next week. You're going to absolutely love. Don't go anywhere. I, I'm pretty sure this one's going <laughs> to this one's going to send up your antenna. You're going to listen to this one, not miss it. But just hang tight one second. We have one final sponsor for the show, Stamps.com, Stamps.com. Listen, let's face it. Most New Year's resolutions are hard to keep. Get more exercise, save more money. Well, I have a resolution that's easy to keep. Stop wasting your time going to the post office. Use Stamps.com instead. With Stamps.com, you can do anything you can do at the post office right from your computer. Plus, Stamps.com gives you something you can't get at the post office, big discounts on postage. We use it in the Bongino household, Stamps.com. We would be lost without it. We don't have any time to be sitting on lines at the post office. Stamps.com brings all the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your computer. Whether you're a small office sending invoices, an online seller shipping out products, or even a warehouse sending thousands of packages a day, Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send. And when your mail is ready, just hand it over to your mail carrier or drop it in a mailbox. Folks, it's that simple. With stamps.com, you get five cents off every first class stamp and up to 40% off priority mail. Not to mention it's a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, saving you time and saving you money. It's no wonder over 700,000 small businesses already use Stamps.com. Give yourself a resolution you can actually keep this year. I can't tell you how much time I've saved with Stamps.com. Stop going to the post office and go to Stamps.com instead. There's no risk. And with my promo code, Dan, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. There are no long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Dan, D-A-N. That's Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage. Get the special offer by putting promo code in Dan. Stamps.com. Thanks for sponsoring the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, next week's guest is going to be, drum roll, the great one, Mr. Mark Levin. Yes, yes, I cannot wait for that one. Mark is a good friend, a good man, and the finest radio host um, in the business. He is the best. We love Mark. So don't miss that one next week. Folks, thanks again for tuning in. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. I really appreciate it. I'll see you all on Monday. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.